Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Cheryl Shamley is a writer, experimenter, and mama with more than 20 years of experience as both artist and nonprofit leader. She has written or co-written 14 plays and hundreds of short essays, but right now she's obsessed with writing what she calls story poems. Her current creative writing projects are The Letters Project and Evening Postcards. You can find her writing at onebrokenteapot.com. In this episode, Cheryl describes her creative writing practice and the inspiration behind the Letters Project and Evening Postcards, noticing and valuing small moments, vulnerability, intimacy, and words, words, words. As the executive director of the Chatham Arts Council, she also outlines the programs that are shifting to serve artists and the community given the current circumstances. I'm always grateful to speak with Cheryl and to hear her read her extraordinary writing, and I bet you will be too. Please see the links in the show notes and enjoy this episode. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for making some time to talk with me this morning. Hello. Thank you. Among many things, you are the executive director of the Chatham Arts Council. And in that position, you do a lot of writing as part of that job, but you also have your own creative writing practice. And that's what I'd like to talk about for this moment. Could you talk about how you make space for creative writing in your life and what that does for you? (laughs) That is an ever changing process. I am finding more and more all the time, every day, especially in this moment, that ritual is so valuable to me. And so in my ideal world, I would have a very specific ritual around my writing where it would happen at the same time every day. And it would happen after I've gone for a long walk and it would happen in a very specific space. And so that is ideal and it doesn't often happen that way. So I'm trying right now, I'll just speak to right now. I'm trying right now to have a ritual of writing every day, no matter what. That for me has been the most helpful throughout my life. Whenever I fall off that wagon, I feel it. And so right now in this time where we are all readjusting, I have been taking the opportunity to readjust my creative writing practice. And now I'm actually writing at the end of every day, like right around supper time. This is totally abnormal for me. Not usual, not what I usually do. I'm a morning writer. So I've been finding out new things about what it's like to write at a different time of day, but somehow the ritual of doing it every day is still still working. Why did you need to shift that time? Was it just because it worked within the rhythm of your, I'm calling it like our new temporary life? <laughs> 
I think it's two reasons, actually. That's part of it because getting up with your family, trying to get everybody dressed and ready when there's no there's no place that everyone has to be. It's only virtual places we have to be. Trying to get school from home started and each person's workday started. Trying to meet with people at specific times. All that stuff. Uh, the fact that bedtimes have gotten crazy, which means morning wake-up times have gotten crazy. All that stuff means that I'm I'm reevaluating my morning ritual in a big way. So yes, partly it is that, what you said, scheduling. It's just just easier to fit in at the end of my work day. Uh, for the Arts Council, I sort of tack it on. But also, I think I have felt a need to review or report on. These are not the right words that I'm, I'm finding. There's something about right now in this time wanting a container maybe that's that maybe that's it wanting a container to sort of require me to look at my day through a different lens than what did i accomplish what did i not accomplish how many fights did we have at home like did we get the grocery order in like that, those sorts of things how much news did i read to have just a different lens for looking at the day. So I think that's part of it. And that's why, so I created this, this evening postcard project specifically in response to that. I think it is interesting to consider the shift from a morning writing, which seems to me to be about potential Mm. and an evening writing, which seems to be more about review and anchoring and assessing and valuing what yeah. has occurred over the course of the day. And I know that for me at this particular point, when every day seems to be like a variation on the same theme, even though things are changing every day, they're changing in these weird it's like hard to kind of focus in on what has happened over the course of a day um, because a million things happen and nothing happens. And <laughs> how do we talk about that now. So having said all of that, and I want to get back to this evening postcard project in just a second, what does generally having any kind of creative writing practice do for you? You mentioned that you need to do it every day, but why is that? Yeah, that is such a huge question. I feel like I am at a point in my life where I'm realizing how very much I love words and how words are such a huge part of my work as an artist. So I think that the ability to get some language around a thing is helpful to me with my like own personal inside me, mental and emotional health. But also it's the way that I, it, it is one of my most favorite ways to connect with the world. And so here's the thing that's changed about my writing process over the last, I would say, two years, and it is getting more and more specific as I go along. I realized sometime around two years ago that I am most interested in putting words around small moments, like the mini moments in life. For the longest kind of time, I said, 
I said, oh, I have a degree in theater and I have a degree in sociology, but I spent 90% of my time on my theater degree and 10% of my time on my sociology and, and theater is what, what I'm all about. But I've realized that in the last couple of years that that was, that was not a full understanding of myself as an artist. Actually, the sociological things that I'm interested in and this sort of idea of micro sociology that, that's about these many moments, these many interactions between people and people and things, that, that is what is most interesting to me. It makes me feel most human. It's, it's my way in to human connection. And so most of my, my writing over the last couple of years has been a, a little bit of a discovery for myself about that. And I have enjoyed it so much. So when you ask, like, what does that do for you? It's partly about a mental and emotional health, which just for me, and that's, that's super important, right? That's great. Also, it is my way of connecting and helping. I feel like it's, it's sort of like what I have to offer is helping people feel seen. That's, and with words, I feel like that is, is a thing that I have to offer. And so it gives me that too. It gives me having a creative writing practice that happens every day, gives me that springboard, that way in to contribution. Does that make sense? (laughs) It absolutely makes sense because that is such a gift to give to people to let them know that they are being seen and they are being noticed and that you as a human being Again, that it's it speaks to value. I think that these small moments of interaction can be highly valued and can be something that is a hallmark of our humanity and our community. And so valuing that and holding that up, I think, is really, really important for people, uh, especially at this time. Would you like to talk a little bit more? We've we've pointed at it a little bit, but go into more detail about the evening postcard project? I would love to. Thank you for asking. So this project is actually a springboard off a larger project that I've been working on over the past year and a half called The Letters Project. And in The Letters Project, I had this crazy idea that I would ask 52 people. So we got 52 people um, who were interested and I sent them all uh, surveys asking very personal questions <laughs> and they answered those questions via via survey, but anonymously and everybody gave themselves a code name. So that all happened uh, around February of last year. And I, I got these fabulously honest and amazing answers back. That in itself was a huge gift to me from these 52 people all all over the country and a few people internationally. And so my role then is to take a set of answers and it was to be every week, uh, set take a set of answers. And from that, without knowing who it is, without knowing any other details about this person, create a piece of writing. I call them story poems, create a piece of writing about uh, springboarding from those 
answers, a creative piece. And it has, each piece has certainly parts, pieces of that person, parts, pieces that I make up, parts, pieces of my own life all get in there, but they tend to be about super specific moments and interactions. And so then I would make 52 copies of those and put them in envelopes and write a little note. Every piece gets mailed out to all 52 people in the, in the U.S. Postal Service mail. And so it has been a long project that I, it's my favorite writing project in a, in a very long time. It's been, you know, a small audience, 52 people, but deeply intimate and has helped me grow as a writer and has shown me what it's like to get, um, to, to form relationships with people you don't even know through their small moments. It's been really an extraordinary experience for me. It has stretched as things do past uh, the length of time that I thought it would. And I've been on a little bit of a pause with it right now. I think I'm on maybe letter 35. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on a bit of a pause. Partly it was because of other things happening in my life. And then this happened and I haven't yet been able to get back into that rhythm because it's a much larger rhythm, right? But this idea of letters and, and the tangibility of that is super appealing to me. And so though that part is on hold at the moment, I wanted to think about that. That sort of was a springboard for me thinking about a short form of a letter. And what is a short form of a letter is a postcard. One night without thinking it through very much at all, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the letters project I thought about for a year before I, <laughs> before I, launched it. The evening postcards I thought about for uh, approximately um, 30 minutes. And so one night I just felt the need to to write to the folks who have been following my writing via my One Broken Teapot website for many years now. And so I decided I'd call it my evening postcard to them. And it it was such, it was so helpful to me. And I got such kind responses from that, that I decided to do it the next night. And then I decided to do it the night after that. And then I just kept going. So um, the idea is that I send one photo and one piece of writing. It's usually in story poem form, and it's usually less than a minute to read. So I feel like that's about what uh, bandwidth we all have right now for reading a thing and also in my own life for writing a, th- writing a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's you, they're usually focused on what has sm- some small moments that have happened in our house, but I've also been opening it up and some wonderful human beings have been sharing with me the day as it has happened at their homes. And then I springboard off that with some creative license and write a story poem about their day with their photo so that we can get a little, a little peek in. I'm so, and I I feel super grateful for the trust that people are giving me about that. Is, Is that, I feel like that's really huge. I think the trust goes both ways, right? Because you are modeling vulnerability, 
which I think is something that artists can do so well, is that they model vulnerability to the people who take in their work. And hopefully that encourages people to be vulnerable with each other and to form these trust bonds with each other and across their communities. So there's that. And then again, this idea of valuing these small moments as significant. They're not throwaway. They're just as important as all of the big things. And sometimes we can seek refuge in or solace in those small, small, tiny moments that have meaning. Would you like to read something to us from Evening Postcards? Sure. I would be so delighted to do that. Let's see here. So since we have been talking about the way that folks have been so very trusting, I will read one that is based on the story of a day at a friend's home. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that one. She doesn't even like country music, but she likes this, the way her children are snuggled up to her listening to this live stream thing. She likes the way it is taking her mind off the feeling she had in the drive through window at the pharmacy today. When the person who took her card and gave out her son's medicine was wearing a mask and complimented her sweatshirt, the sweatshirt she has been wearing for two days now, and she felt apologetic that she wasn't wearing a mask too, but she doesn't sew and the cloth ones she ordered haven't come yet. She likes the way her daughter's warm body is taking her mind off the feeling she had at the gas station. When she used a wipe to hold the pump, used the same wipe to press the button, used the last dregs of her emotional energy to smile at the cab driver at the pump next to her, and he sighed heavily and turned away. She likes the way her son's breathing is taking her mind off her husband and what he might bring home from the grocery store where he works. Thank you. That's beautiful and something that I think many people can identify with. What kind of feedback are you hearing from people about these things? Why are they valuable? I will tell you, it, it varies from day to day. And, you know, sometimes when I've written one that seems seems a bit uh, depressing for several days on end. And I, I try to, I try to change it up a little bit and focus on some, some lovely and uplifting moments. But I think that I want to loop back to that trust thing that you said before and the idea of, of artists being vulnerable and, and opening that door for other people. And I, would say that the times when I'm the most scared to press publish, when I think, oh, this is too revealing, this is too embarrassing, this is too depressing, this is too happy at this time, how could I be happy? The times that I have felt the most scared to press publish have been the times that I've gotten the most feedback of people saying, yes, also I feel this way, or "Or I, I was... I was <laughs> really embarrassed to press publish on the one I press publish on last night, for example. And I got a response saying, thank you. Cause I feel seen because this is exactly what happened at my house. And I'm getting, I feel emotional about this because I was, I felt, I felt like crap pressing 
publish on that, to be honest. I felt like it was like my crap. It was like me being a crap mom and not, um, just not having done a day the way I wish I had done the day. And when I hear back from people who are so generous, how generous is it to be reading right now? Um, things that people put out in the world that's so generous with their time and then taking a moment to respond and say, thank you. Like this made me think about a thing in a new way. That's so generous. And that helps me to keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was one that I, um, oh, Tamara, you'll a- appreciate this because we, we've done this for each other in our writing lives in past years. But I, there was, there's been one so far that I wrote that I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot put press publish on this. This is depressing and appalling and people will think I'm a bad person. And so I sent that to a, a dear friend and said, and this that's the only one I've done this with so far. And I sent it to her and I um, showed it to my husband. I said, can I, is this okay? Is this okay? And her response was, people are not actually reading your work to be uplifted. The reason that, that I read is so that I can I can think about things in new ways and so that I can see that there's a mirror that I'm not the only one thinking these things. And so that was really helpful to me to hear that. Just, you know, sometimes I think we make up the reasons that people might be reading our stuff and it's it's not always the reason. So it seems that vulnerability is the answer, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. And I love the mirror analogy so much because one of, I think the great jokes of being an artist is that, and maybe being a human too, is that we all think that we are so unique that no <laughs> one feels like this yeah, and right. no one has ever experienced this. And the truth is that many people have experienced this. We just think we're alone in it. And, yeah. you know, this idea, hmm, this, what's it like to be so special? I mean, we are all snowflakes, right? So we are all unique snowflakes, but we're all snowflakes. And we have that in common. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, that is, it's, it's been one of the most fascinating things about the letters project for me, actually, to sort of jump back to that bigger project for a second, is that people have, people who have participated in that, one of the things that they have said is this week's letter, this person has absolutely nothing in common with me. Like I can tell from reading this thing that whoever it is you're writing about, our life circumstances, not the same. And yet somehow this moment that you wrote about, it was a mirror for me. And so I, that's why I love the small moments so much. I just think, I just think there's such a, an opening for all of us to our common humanity, such, such, and and when people share them with me as a writer, oh my gosh, I think it's the biggest gift. I think it's the biggest gift ever. So grateful for that. Absolutely. I want to make sure that we have time to talk about the Chatham Arts Council and the programming that you're doing, because I know our current circumstances are requiring all sorts of businesses to 
pivot and to reconsider how they are serving the community. And I wonder if you'd like to take a minute to talk about how that's playing out at the Chatham Arts Council and just maybe give a word to the artists who are listening. Sure, I would be happy to do that. I am very fortunate to work with a great team at the Chatham Arts Council and work with some insanely uh, talented artists in that community and an awesome board. So we have, so here's a thing that I wanted to, to bring up in the writing, but also applies here. And that is just, <laughs> it's a theater lesson that one of our professors, Tamara, so long ago in our mm-hmm. college years would talk about a lot. And that is that limitations open possibility. Yeah, it, It's hard. It, it sucks. But limitations can really open possibility. So I think that that's true in this writing time. Like I never would have done evening postcards without the limitation of this time. I never would have done the letters project without the limitation of what it is to be a parent and, and also need to earn um, an, an income for your family. Like the letters project never would have happened without those limitations. Mm-hmm. And so as a, as an arts council, we sort of looked at our, our limitations at this time and tried to try to pivot our projects within that. So we have a huge spring kids event that usually happens in April called Clyde Fest. And this is a 2000 person kind of event. And we have changed it to Clyde Fest to go. And so Clyde Fest to go is allowing children to make folk art with critters that they're picking up. At, uh, these critters are wooden cutouts that they're picking up at uh, grocery stores in the Chatham area. And then we have uh, we're pivoting our school residencies because we had six school residencies left this year, and we're changing those into virtual residencies that are sort of snackable five to 20 minute videos by artists. And instead of just this school being able to have an experience with this artist, we're opening that each artist's work up to the full county. So that's a shift for us, um, trying to find some possibility in limitation. And then we have two relief projects going on. One is the Chatham Artist and Arts Worker Relief Effort, and that's to help artists with things like medicine and groceries when they're out of work right now. And then also a new project called Masks for Many. This was the brainchild of Mike Wiley, who is a theater artist based in Chatham County. And we are working with textile and costume design kind of artists who are who are out of work or underemployed at the moment. And we're accepting donations from the public to help these underemployed artists make the masks. And then we're getting the masks with a whole huge number of partners, getting the masks to economically vulnerable populations of color, especially essential workers in Chatham County. So, you know, there, when we, when this first happened, I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, we're, we're an arts organization. What are we going to do? We're just going to be sitting at home, but, um, and we are sitting at home, but with limitation, 
there, there is, it does open possibility and I'm grateful for that. Well, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. That's, that sounds wonderful. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we wrap up? I think that one of the possibilities that is opening up right now is a new, a new intimacy. I think that, you know, the fact that we're all working from home and seeing each other on Zoom in our home spaces and our children and our pets are popping in and and also this this common factor that none of us know what's going to happen actually no one in the world knows mm-hmm. what is going to happen i think that that is creating a really new kind of intimacy right now and and i think that's I think that means that even as we are isolated at home, even more than ever, it makes me feel like we're not alone. And that's a weird way to get there. But, you know, (laughs) you take it how you can get it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's definitely more of a window into the real and less energy that we have to channel towards facade of perfection or a certain kind of being this is our reality now and we're all in the soup and the people who are really struggling. I think all of that is just becoming much more apparent and the ways in which to sort of uh, loop back to what we talked about at the beginning, the ways in which we can be and need to be generous with each other is it's all recalibrating and the way that we can show up for each other Hmm. it's just being revealed. And so it's a very interesting time in that way. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Cheryl, would you like to read something else for us to kind of close us out? I would be happy to do that. Thank you so much for asking. This morning, when I woke up, I stayed there in the bed with my eight-year-old taking up the most space in the middle and my husband crunched up far on the other side. I was awake for a long time, with my eyes closed, and then I got up and I put my feet on the floor and had a big thought. What can I give myself permission to do in this not normal time that I would not otherwise do? The morning happened, and then, later, I picked up the phone even though I had already delayed, had blown past my estimate, had already taken more time with this one quick thing for work than I said I would. I picked up the phone because the call was important. I picked up the phone and said, hey there. I picked up the phone and the caller never knew that my child was in the background mouthing, you promised. The caller never knew that I felt like a shit for answering. The caller never knew that while we were talking, my kid got a snap circuit so stuck in her hair that it took me and my husband together a full 30 minutes, a stream of unspoken curses, and such a lot of child crying to unstick it. Tomorrow, when I wake up, because I am very stubborn in several specific ways, I will put my feet on the floor and I will try again to give myself permission. For now, I wonder what I can't see or hear 
outside the frame of the people I am calling on. Wonderful. What a perfect reminder to give each other grace, (laughs) ourselves included. There is possibility, and then there is trying again. (laughs) Right. That's right. And usually there's only 60 seconds in between those two things. So, right. 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 (laughs) Uh, Thank you for this conversation. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Please see our website, artistsoapbox.org. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 